Hey guys, welcome back to the plant-based podcast, formerly the Vegan Coach podcast, but now I have rebranded and can be found at the underscore plant-based underscore coach on Instagram. So this is the place if you want to have some clarity, some education, and some confidence around planning a plant-based diet. Each week, I will have new episodes with guests ranging from friends, personal trainers, nutritionists, doctors, past clients, and with the goal of just helping you be a little bit healthier on your plant-based diet, answering the questions that you're probably thinking about, and giving you hopefully some entertainment and education along the way. If you enjoyed this episode or any others, please make sure that you listen to others and share them through social media um, so more people can be helped by this. Have a great listen and I will see you on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode in the plant-based podcast. I'm here with Sophia. Sophia, thank you for taking the time out of your busy training schedule to come and talk to me today. No worries, it's a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. So Sophia and I first met at a panel in London that was probably like three weeks ago, I think now. Yeah, oh god, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, about three weeks. Um, and I think that she had quite a cool story talking about I guess your I guess your challenges and your triumphs from maybe eight years ago when you first started going vegan to now being Commonwealth champion. Is that what we're saying? Commonwealth champion? Yeah, yeah, Commonwealth and British and English champion. <laughs> a lot of champions in there. So I think yeah. for people <laughs> that have not kind of heard of you or kind of want to know more about your story because I think it's quite amazing and you've probably dispelled a lot of myths around you know vegans can't be strong or can't build muscle you've had yeah. quite a journey from you know eight years ago where you were struggling with your eating to obviously where you are now so um, I guess go ahead and maybe just tell everyone where it all started yeah so it's been a bit of a crazy story um, so yeah I went first was vegan about eight years ago um and I found because at the time I was playing football to quite a high level and I really found that it helped my recovery and my energy levels and everything and I just thought I'd give it a go as well um and then I started um basically it was a control thing where I had no control of what was going on outside my life like I was in my A-levels I had like three different jobs I was looking after my dad um so basically my dad got stabbed by a burglar eight times and he was left um with yeah he was left with his um whole like his right arm was completely paralyzed like he couldn't do anything with it um and then it also caused a lot of uh, problems with his legs um in terms of like circulation um, and he ended up having to have a, a triple heart bypass. Um, so I was his next of kin and I ended up being his pretty much full-time carer whilst I was still studying and doing all these jobs. And I pretty much had no control over anything. And I think I just turned it in on me. And then it started bringing up other things from like my past. I had a lot of, um, dealt with a lot of trauma when I was younger. And I kind of bottled that up a lot and it eventually developed into anorexia um so i was pretty much starving myself i was living off 
a bite of an apple each day and some like diet lemonade um it got really severe so I yeah ended up going down to a very low low weight like I I'm about five foot seven and I went down to 40 40 kilograms which is just wow. insanely underweight how um, old were you at that sorry how old were you at that stage I was about 16 17 I think at that point so it was like that was just before being vegan or just as you'd gone vegan it was like just around a similar point so I was like really into my health um and everything so that's why I went vegan but then other things then caused the eating disorder and I think in some ways maybe like the veganism didn't help because I didn't really use it in the right way but then it's weird because I actually then found veganism did help me get out of it at the same time which I'll speak about in a bit but um it was difficult being vegan with an eating disorder because when I started getting um being a patient in hospitals they very much saw it as it was a restrictive thing which for me um when, once I passed that kind of like health thing I looked into the animal rights and everything like that and I was just like wow like how could I have been so blind to this for so long um and so for me it was very much about animal rights and like saving the planet and all that kind of stuff um so it was quite hurtful when I'm getting all these doctors telling me that veganism, I'm just using it as like a thing that I'm lying to them and I'm just using it as a restrictive thing, uh, which wasn't the case. But yeah, so I ended up suffering with anorexia for quite a few years and it got like really severe. So I was on a heart monitor. Um, it, yeah, it was pretty sad to be honest, like being a teenager and sitting in the cardiac um, unit in a hospital around like 80 year olds <laughs> and um and then uh yeah then this is when bulimia started as well so um I then went to uni and then I think added stress and like I was just self-hate and I had no self-worth at all um and I started finding that okay I'm isolating myself a lot but maybe if I go out with friends and eat and then like throw it up afterwards, like I'll, I'll still stay thin. And it was, it was just this constant cycle of like, um, just like feeling hungry all the time, but not allowing myself to eat. And it was, almost felt like how I describe it is um, being like possessed by something and or something in your head, like another voice telling you that you're not worth it or not worth that food. Um, so yeah then the bulimia started and that was just horrific I'm not it was horrific um so I was throwing up like 14 times a day um and just had loads of different problems uh with it um and then when I was in London for uni I managed to get um uh, funding for the Royal Maudsley Hospital which is like uh, the head of eating disorders which I was very grateful for and I definitely think that professional help um, helps me a lot but I was also opened up to the vegan community as well in London which was really refreshing to see a lot of vegans like thriving off this diet and they were just so healthy and I was just really was inspired like inspired by that and I was looking at myself and I'm just like I'm such a mess I'm not using this like I'm not doing this diet this um lifestyle properly and I am killing myself like um it just it because it got to the point at one 
that I just couldn't go on. I was throwing up so much. I was doing it till I was passing out and in my own sick. And it was just, it was not a proper life. Like I had no freedom. I was constantly isolated. Um, and then I ended up just overdosing on my sleeping tablets. And that was definitely the lowest point of my life. Cause I just got mm. in such a state that I just felt like I wasn't good enough at all. Um, and then when I woke up and in the hospital and saw my mum next to me, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is really fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah. I need to change. And that was when I got professional help and I had the support from um, other vegans as well in the community. And I started really researching stuff. And then it wasn't until I got discharged from the Maudsley um, that I, um, so they basically classed me as disabled at the time and I got given a free gym pass. So I was like, okay, cool. I've been abusing cardio for like most of my life, um, like during the eating disorder. Um, why not try weight training? And so I researched it again and did my own program and got into the gym. And honestly, it was petrifying at first because I've never slept in gym. I'm still very like quite tiny um, and very weak and everything. But I think the weight training and how it made me feel and made me feel so strong and like just this feeling of feeling empowered by these weights was crazy mm. and then that's when my eating started getting better because I was like I'm putting so much effort into the gym I need to sort my eating out and so I started eating more and that was really difficult just eating more food um, mm. it was just this mental block because you have like fear foods and foods that I have avoided for years um, and I'm trying to incorporate them back into my diet again um, and yeah it was really tough but then I started seeing results quicker and my recovery was better I wasn't feeling so like sluggish all the time and like I just wanted to stay in bed I was actually having mm. energy um, and then someone said to me oh you're actually pretty strong have you thought of powerlifting I have no idea what powerlifting was at the time um, and then I basically went to this um gym called the commando temple which is in south london and i got a coach there and then for powerlifting and within four weeks i did my first competition and managed to qualify for nationals and then um when i went to nationals i managed to break a few records and got selected for gb so it was just like crazy short time mm. i made this progress but yeah within that year i just I just loved it and I think powerlifting really brought me out of that focusing instead of focusing on what my body looks like like focusing on what it's capable of and I just started getting excited about like what my body can actually do instead of focusing on oh I'm too thin I'm too fat I'm like do you know what I mean and it was yeah. just nice to focus on something else and it was just a completely it just completely changed my mindset and then from then I was just like wow this actually saved my life so now I want to pass this on to other people, like, um, be it with mental health or they just want to get strong. Um, so that's when I got into coaching. So, yeah, that was basically a snippet of part of my life. Wow. There. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot. How, yeah. How does it like how does it make you feel? Because obviously there must have been a time where you didn't talk so openly about your past like why do you now feel comfortable talking like that about your past as opposed to maybe in the you might have like hidden it like as, was there like a, a moment you're like well now I can be this living example of what you know being strong is I'm okay talking about my past like did you ever hide it from other people as well 
Yeah, so like when I first, I, I didn't really like talking about it a lot at first because it was actually really embarrassing like to tell someone like all that I've just said and the real grim parts of the eating disorder. Like I was embarrassed and I did feel disgusted about myself. So saying that openly is really difficult. But then the first time when I did really share parts of my story um just the effect that it had on other people who was also going through similar situations that just made me think I need to put all my embarrassment or whatever feelings I have aside and just do it because it's going to help other people um and then the more I started sharing my story the more I opened up about like more in depth about it so I never really told people about like when I tried to commit suicide or like my trauma when I was a kid and um and that kind of stuff like eventually I started becoming more comp like just able to say it um and it's obviously hard bringing up this stuff because it does get you quite upset um because it was just such a large part of my life that was consumed by this like um yeah. mental issue but yeah and I think it's it's still it is still quite difficult um but it it's helping people so I just managed to put all that aside and I'm very open about it now yeah because mm. I think for most people there is an emotional eating element and a scale of you know some people are like fine with emotional eating and some people are very much eating disorder emotional eating so it's like sharing that definitely I think does help other people understand that they're not it's not just them you know like yeah there is help out there and there are people that have come out the other side and become super strong like yourself so mm -hmm. yeah I think it is good that you do share it yeah 100% um, and it's such mm -hmm. like a lonely lonely disorder so to yeah. feel like there's other people who are going through similar things it, it is quite a nice thing to have mm. you mentioned like at the beginning of being vegan you uh you know, you thought that the doctors were just saying, oh, she's using veganism to hide her eating disorder. Yeah. Do you think that happens a lot with other people? Because, you know, I do see a lot of uh, professionals saying, you know, veganism is just increasing eating disorders. Do you kind of agree with that? Or do you think that that eating disorder or that disordered eating was already there before the veganism came around for that individual? I definitely think the eating disorder was there before um the veganism because um from well for me anyways the eating disorder was it's all about like in your head like it, it's your mm. mind and i think because your mind is restricting and you end up just restricting so much stuff anyway i guess like people might say that they're vegan to restrict stuff but it really comes down to the underlying problem is their mental health and that that anorexia or bulimia like taking over um yeah. i don't think at all i've not known <coughs> or heard of anyone who's gone vegan and then had an eating disorder um it's more so been the other way around um mm. so yeah yeah i think i'd agree um and i think you know there are people that do have eating disorders that then go to veganism because it may be easier to hide it or something like that yeah like, oh, i can't have that i can't have that or they'll go into like a no sugar or clean eating kind of phase and say you know i'm paleo and i guess it isn't just exclusive to veganism they'll just go into one diet pattern and yeah. use that to be like you know i'm having none of this because that's not how i eat anymore exactly okay. yeah why do you think you got so strong so quickly because that is pretty remarkable that you went from obviously very little 
muscle tone, probably very bad bone density to, yeah. like you said, within a year to be able to qualify for nationals. Like that's pretty ridiculous. Like how do, why yeah. do you think that is? <laughs> um, so I'm very much an all or nothing kind of person and go to the extremes a lot. So even with my eat, like either positively or negatively. So with the eating mm. disorder, that was an extreme thing. And I think I was just able to latch onto something else and put everything into that. So I really did put everything into powerlifting and I'm a very competitive person as well. And I, I think I just, I did it. I did the right things in terms of why I was doing, why I was doing it and the, the support I had. So from my coach and everything. And I also think my nutrition was a lot better because I also had a dietitian at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, obviously I think it also comes down to, genetics as well like I've always had an athletic background like I used to do athletics football basketball all that kind of stuff when I was younger but um I think a lot of it is work ethic as well and like good programming good recovery good nutrition like all these different elements I can't really put it down to like one thing if that makes sense yeah I think it comes down to the desire to want what you want and then put the right practices in place to help you get there yeah exactly and yeah, I, I do want to be at the top of um, this sport. So I, I pretty much do what I've got to mm. do. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, like how did your weight change in that one year from when you started going to the gym to qualifying for nationals? Like I imagine most of the weight that you put on was muscle. Like how much did you manage to, you know, put on over that time? Yeah, it was really difficult because like no recovery is like a, a linear line. Like it's not um, straightforward. And I mm. did have a lot of relapses, um, especially like with the bulimia. Um, so my weight fluctuated a lot and that was really difficult to see because sometimes it did go up a lot. So I got went managed to get up to about 75 kilograms and then, um, and then I dropped a little bit and I'd gain a little bit and it was just constantly fluctuating. Um, and I did find it quite hard to see what it looked like to me like fat on me and everything but mm. once the, the deeper that I the more I got into powerlifting the less I cared about that and it was more about my strength and it was then when the mindset change was like I'm not actually bothered too much about my body but my body's changing in a positive way now like lifting mm. weight lifting weights really like gave me so much more confidence in myself and like I'm so happy with how I look now as well but also I'm so proud of how far I've come in terms of like my strength and yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I think you, you realized during that time to focus on being strong rather than focus on what the scale says, what, uh, you know, the mirror looks like, like you focus that your main thing is how can I be stronger? And because yeah. you focus on that, that's what kept you going from what this, what it sounds like rather than obsessing over the scale or, oh my God, I feel look fat, that kind of stuff. Would you kind of agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think like those really low points in your life really push you um, in other aspects of your life. So like I always say that your struggles do make you stronger. And I think every struggle that I've overcome, I'm just like, like I, I've been to the shittest part and now I can really push myself. Like I've got, I can get through anything now. If you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for going into that past because obviously is probably unhappy, the unhappiest parts of your life. Let's mm. maybe switch to some happier parts. So 
what's your training like at the moment? Like obviously you are training to go into a big competition. Um, obviously powerlifting for people that don't know much about powerlifting, maybe you could explain what those main lifts are and yeah, what, your sure. lifts, what your records are because you know, it's <laughs> quite impressive. You can lift more than me. And <laughs> Thank I, you. That's, that's, that's a good thing, but also makes me feel <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I need to train a bit more. <laughs> um, yeah. So powerlifting uh, focuses on three main lifts, which is the squat, bench, and deadlift, and they are all done in comp conditions. So they've basically got cues as to when you should like squat or like press or rack, um, and yeah, that's it basically. And you've got three attempts at each of the lifts, and you just need to lift the heaviest. So <laughs> the person with the biggest total obviously ends up winning um so yeah that's, so that's it in the a biggest total <laughs> it's the biggest total over those three lifts rather than being like oh my god my deadlift is really strong but my my bench press is really yeah so unless to, you, you have do, to be strong at all three yeah unless you do yeah. like a bench unless you do like a bench only comp or like a push pull comp but you usually have the three lift and then the bench only um and then obviously you can get records in each lift so like a squat record a bench record um etc but yeah. Right, so um, what is your personal best at the moment for each of those? So I've, I've got a pretty, for, for my weight class, my squat's pretty poor at the moment, but it's, it's getting there, it's getting there. Um, so my squat is 145 kilograms. Um, my bench, I currently hold the Commonwealth bench record, English record, um, at 100.5 kilograms. Um, and my deadlift was the British uh, junior deadlift record um and english record and that's 200 kilograms you like those round numbers don't you like i know right 100 200 <laughs> next will be 300 okay that's, yeah that's amazing so what is the next kind of milestone that you need to get up to to i guess be the best in the world so yeah the the, the main goal is to be world champion um and i will get there but um so yeah last year i competed at worlds as a junior for great britain uh for the bench press and this year um the basically the goals are to be selected for great britain again but this time for the three lift and bench only um also compete at the commonwealth again um next year and yeah i'd like to place at british as a senior so i'm in the senior category now um so the it's a lot more competition if that makes sense um so oh and also get the british senior deadlift record would be the goal so i'd like to what is that at the moment 207.5 oh, so you can get you can get there yeah, yeah like i managed to lift it at commonwealth but um i just couldn't get my hips through like i couldn't lock it out properly so gutted but i'll get it for sure okay. cool yeah well it sounds like obviously you've just made that transition from junior to senior so you've got plenty of years to train and get those oh, yeah. stronger right yeah definitely do you still I, have, 40. yeah do you still do you still have a nutrition coach for that stuff or how do you kind of plan your eating i imagine you try and eat quite a lot to be in a calorie surplus to make sure you've got enough you know yeah that stuff for recovery but how do you kind of structure that yeah i do eat quite a lot um i don't have a nutritionist or anything like that anymore um i'm i think having a dietitian having friends who are like registered dietitians um i've learned a lot from them and i've kind of been able to 
do that for myself um so yeah I mean I'm quite flexible like I don't uh, really actually um like record my meals or anything like that um unless I'm cutting um mm. which is not often um but I generally just yeah listen to my body and it generally tells me what I need to eat if I I eat mostly a whole food plant-based diet um have the occasional like fake meats here and there you know but yeah it's like bal- pretty balanced I mean I obviously have like treats now and again and I'm I'm just really relaxed with it and it's not something that I I think that's the best way to be in my circumstances is like quite relaxed about it because I had such a hold on it before now being more lenient and whatever is like and not I don't know not being that restrictive is a good thing yeah, well, it sounds like it's working. And I think um, when we had our panel, which I've actually got the recording and put in the podcast before this one. So if people want to oh, awesome. hear more about us, we can be like, go to that mm-hmm. podcast. Um, yeah. But, you know, you mentioned on that, that you don't really care about macros. You don't really care about protein because, you know, for you, it's not about that. And whatever you're doing now is working, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not doing it for aesthetics. If I was doing it for a bodybuilding comp or something, obviously I'd have to really track that a lot. But um, for me, like what I'm doing at the moment is working. And so if it's working, like why stop and change it? (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're almost out of time, but for any, you know, person that I suppose is in your situation or even just feeling like they know they need to do some resistance training in the gym, but, don't know how or maybe lack confidence what kind of advice would you give them um so there's a few things so if it's going to the gym for the first time try getting some kind of plan or um program to go into the gym with so that you know what you're doing but when you actually go into the gym instead of just like going oh i'll do a bit of here and i'll do a bit here um and research the movements as well or get a coach so that they can show you how to properly use the weights and with correct form etc I I wish I got a coach even earlier than I did but um yeah that'll probably be the main thing and if you're still quite worried about it take a friend or something that makes you feel comfortable um but once you do it and you just get in your zone like you soon start to realize that no one actually cares and it's Honestly, everyone's just focusing on them. So just put your earphones in and just focus on you. Be like they're too busy. Moment. They're too busy taking selfies of themselves, right? Legit on Snapchat yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always, uh, I always say. So I add to that because that's quite, quite good advice. Is you know, there's personal trainers in the gym, and they obviously want new clients. So just pretend that you are interested in having a PT, and maybe they'll give you a free session. That yeah that's especially with commercial gym like you have to be careful with some commercial gym pts as well because yeah. even they don't have good form so like do <laughs> your do your own honestly do your own research as well like there is so much good content out there i mean there's bad content as well but um looking at quite well-known coaches most of them have great instagram pages or youtube um, channels so that's also a great thing if you can't get a decent coach locally yeah practice yeah. the movements at home so you know what you're doing i would also like say you know if you're on a treadmill or a cross trainer just get used to being comfortable in the gym on a piece of cardio equipment and then yeah. kind of just map out what you might do if you do decide to do a workout and then every time you come in just get a little bit closer 
to actually doing the workout because it is, yeah. it is yeah, a necessary definitely. thing. People do need to do resistance training and um, the sooner you do it, the better you'll be able to be strong like you, right? Yeah, exactly. And doing the compound movements as well is a good thing. Like I, I never went into body uh, like body part splits or anything like that. Um, I think just having like, it depends on your goal, obviously, but yeah, just doing what, what you want to do and what's right for you. Well, so you're saying that lying on your back doing 10,000 st- sit-ups isn't the best thing to do for training. <laughs> oh, damn. I watched a video on Lad Bible yesterday and it was a guy that was like, this month I'm going to do a 10,000 sit-up ab challenge. And he basically <laughs> videoed himself every day doing 10,000 sit-ups. And they did like before and after photos and there was like no difference. <laughs> That's like, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, like one, it's, it's got like 1.3 million views and like 5,000 comments. And everyone is just like, why didn't you just change your diet? Why didn't you focus on comments? <laughs> like what? Well, yeah, mm. what is the reason for doing that? Like, what a waste of time. <laughs> he was popular on Instagram, so he, you know, did it. His oh, abs God. literally looked zero, like, changed. Like, maybe he got better at sit-ups, but that would probably be it. Oh, wow. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. Well, I think that is pretty much everything. Unless there's maybe something that you want to add for anyone that is either struggling with an eating disorder or just wants to, you know, actually really focus on getting a tangible goal yeah um in terms of the eating disorder like the first thing is knowing like admitting to yourself that you have an eating disorder or a mental health issue um because i think a lot of people go about their life thinking that they're okay when they're really not um so admitting that and getting help um reaching out for professional help i could not stress that enough um and getting support from family and friends as well like it's really tough to reach out to someone but um you need to do it for you and put yourself first as well um but getting that professional help because the they like people do know what they're doing um so yeah and having like a good support network or like counselor therapist that kind of thing um i did go through quite a few different therapists and then just finding the person that's right for you same thing of like if you are on antidepressants or anything like that like finding the right thing that works for you um and then in terms of getting into the gym i think if you have come back from like a disordered eating background focusing on something that's not what you look like like not on aesthetics and focusing on a different goal such as like getting stronger or like hitting certain numbers in the gym um that for me like in turn it create it quite it kind of sculpts your body as well like in a nice way well for me it did anyway so you don't really have to worry about the aesthetics part and it kind of comes along with strength training anyways um because there is this myth about oh if you do strength training then you'll be big and bulky and there's like stereotypical what a powerlifter looks like but if you look at most powerlifting women they actually have amazing physiques um it's like such a range though and i think that's what i love about the sport is that it's so diverse and that like we're not judged on what we look like so everyone just accepts everyone and you really get to see those personalities on the platform um but yeah i think that's yeah that's good advice (laughs) people 
because uh, I remember actually seeing on your Instagram recently that you put a before and after picture up of when where you are now compared to where you used to be and like the change is remarkable so I think if people are listening and they want to see that transformation they should check that out for sure what is your Instagram for people that um, want to obviously see that and obviously everything else that you're doing um it's Sophia Strength so, I'll yeah. put that <laughs> I'll link that to like the show notes and everything um Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I think it's been quite an eye-opener because you don't really hear people talk about their struggles so openly and it's it's good that, you know, you got that out and you are comfortable with talking about it because like you said, it's it's probably helping you, but it's also helping a lot of other people that listen to it. So thank you for being open and honest yeah. and sharing your, your journey and giving advice to the people that will be listening. No, thank you for having me on. Oh, well, enjoyed um, it. I would, I'd say we can train together, but I'd probably be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. <laughs>